0: Um country is the size of Colorado, so you can drive through it in about eight hours. It's pretty small, um, but it has a lot of people, about 20 million if I remember correctly. Um, and then it has four regions. It has the coastal, the jungle, the Galapagos, and the highlands.
1: Uh, Ecuador actually uses the U.S. currency as of 2000, um, so that was interesting going over there and there's still that uh, familiarity. Uh, Their main exports are coffee, chocolate, plantains, oils, and, or oil, and flowers.
0: Yeah, um, one of our students this semester made a video at the end to kind of give an idea of what Ecuador looks like and some of the activities we did. Um, So go ahead and take a look.
1: We didn't hook up the sound. That's exciting. (laughs) Okay, anyways, here we are, you can listen from my phone,
0: <laughs> <To the microphone.
1: laughs> yeah that's a good idea actually. <laughs> Hours you can um, you can drive from one edge of it to the other, and yet there's there's the coast and there's um, great mountains with volcanoes and active volcanoes and all sorts of stuff. Uh, it's a really interesting place. And so um, my what I was doing while I was there, essentially, I was uh, just following a local missionary. Uh, I met. This missionary family last time I went to Ecuador on a short-term missions trip through E3 missions and he's actually the coordinator um, and representative for Ecuador for all of um, all of Ecuador for E3 missions and I visited his family in a small town called Vinces and this is their church group um, it's a pretty small church and in, in a smaller town and these are the people that I got to know really well while I was there So when I was in the town um, I was teaching English and this is a picture that one of my students put together. It's uh, old pictures of her family that she printed out and cut up and made this little little thing for me uh, to say, like, come back soon. It was really sweet. And this is another one of my students. I had a a range of students from age 9 to 75, I think he was. Uh, We opened it up to the community. And the idea was that um, in Ecuador, it's it's such a commodity to know English. And they see it as a huge opportunity, um, and they all want their children to learn. Uh, it, they push their children to learn. Every, every kid takes English class, and they take it very serious um, in their schooling. And so... Uh, everyone was pushing their kids to come to my class in the community and when they got there we held it at the church and then that way people were able to get familiar with the local church and then um, potentially come to come to church and then learn the gospel. This is one of the families um, that invited me into their home. Uh, Ecuador has a a very community-based culture and one of the things is from noon to two there, nobody has, well, very rarely does somebody have work, but then all the schools are off from noon to two and everyone is able to have a time where the whole family's in the house and they all have lunch together. And it's it's just so different than how we do it here. Um, and so meals are very important and, Every single kid in, or adult in uh, my class invited me to a meal at some point, and so I got to share a lot of meals with these families, and they would, they would like, cook their best, and it was, it was such a blessing. This is our church service um, in Vincis. Uh, that's the, the pastor and his daughter, and it's just a really, really small little church um, and really close. And one of the things that they do, they're just passionate, so passionate about sharing the gospel. Um, when I was there, they would just be like, oh, you're here, like, let's go share the gospel with people near us. <laughs> they're just like, let's, let's get on our little motorcycles and just go. And um, we went to uh, what they call El Campo, um, which is pretty much the countryside, and there's a bunch of... There's a bunch of farmers there. And so these people who um, own farms and are completely self-sufficient, they grow their food, they eat it, they they live there. and They never go into the big cities. Um, and we went to them, and we shared the gospel with them. And um, this family over to the left, uh, the the three of them, they accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior, and the church in Vintas is going to be following up with them. Um, and then the these mothers and their children also— um, came to know the Lord. Okay. And so another thing that I was doing um, with the missionary family was we were going to different churches and all over the country actually, and um, training them on how to effectively share their faith. Um, So E3 missions and last year when I went with them, um, they have this, this, uh, a different setup, I guess. They would go from house to house and share the gospel, and then, like, the local churches would follow up with them. Um, But this year, they've kind of transitioned their whole outlook to a more um, community-based approach. So we would find local churches, and we would talk to them. Um, This would all be taken care of by E3. I didn't do it myself. Um, But they would hook up with local churches and then find, um, we would train them for the first two days. And after that, we would go with those people to their friends and family's houses and share the gospel with them. And in these times, I would be meeting up with a group of Americans um, who are doing a short-term missions trip. So I was just kind of like tagging along. I would show up with the translators um, and Jairo and his family and We just go with them and um, sometimes there would be a medical uh, aspect as well and I was able to serve in that capacity. Um, Over here we have uh, one of our medical clinics. We had a bunch of boxes full of medicines and we had two doctors and a pharmacist and we just showed up to this town um, and we stayed in, in this time we stayed at a community center and we had people lined up down the street uh, waiting for medical care. And then in another town, we, we stayed at this little this little church and it, uh, it like had no windows, no doors. It was just like this hut thing that someone had built and um, we just gave out medicines and there were people lining up everywhere. Every day that we did the clinic, at least 200 people showed up and we only know that because we made 200 packets of vitamins every day and the vitamins would run out and the people wouldn't, would still be there. So I know there was more than 200 every day. And um, this picture here is one that I took on my way out of town uh, from Pedernales, which is one of the places we did a mobile clinic. Um, I think it was about eight years ago, there was a really serious earthquake um, and one that we probably wouldn't consider as serious, but because of the way that they build their buildings over there, um, it's mainly concrete and they don't really have like professional builders. You build your own house kind of thing. Um, so... When the earthquake hit, it caused complete devastation in the town. Um, for example, uh, HIRO has been going there ever since the earthquake and continuing with E3 missions to give care in this area. Um, uh, HIRO told me a story about how when they first showed up, they heard about this family and there was a wedding and both sides of the family were there. And as I said, it's very community-based and very family-centered and so everyone's there. And the entire building collapsed and there were no survivors. Um, and you just don't hear that here. Like, it's it's not no survivors. Like, so we have evacuation plans. We have all of these things that prevent that from happening. Um, and then the relief took a really long time. And then, like, it's just, it's just really intense, the the stories that they told me about that initial response to the tragedy. Um, and so this, this area though, they still, like these are obviously homemade signs that they just hung up on the freeway and are like, please bring us a hospital because their three-story hospital collapsed and again, no survivors in that building either. So, um, so yeah, these are the kind of places that we're we're reaching and we're trying to share the gospel in and um, planting those seeds and then the uh, pastors are following up with the locals and e three missions representatives are following up with those pastors. And so this is um, one of uh, my American groups uh, that I met up with. They were from Alabama and uh, it was it was a really unique experience to um, be part of multiple short-term missions groups in, in one sitting, I guess, or in one uh, flow of time. Uh, because I would, I would come in and I would meet all these new people, and it would be like going to camp. Like you meet everybody, you bond. Like you get up really early, you stay up late. You're exhausted. You're hiking up these like hills and sharing the gospel and seeing people come to the Lord, and and then nearing the end of the week, everyone starts talking about, oh, when we go home to our home church, and this is how you handle this, and you know the emotions of that, and this is what you're going to share with your families, and then I'd be like okay, like, I'm not going home though. <laughs> so it was, it was really, really different. And it was, um, was kind of difficult sometimes. Uh, but I feel extremely blessed to have been part of this unique experience with these people who was just like a week here and a week there. So, Christina's experience is a little bit different than mine, but same area. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, So, like I said, I've been in Ecuador for seven months. I'm in a different place than Maya is. Um, I'm in the big city, which um, is Quito, Ecuador, and they have traffic like LA, but nobody likes to follow the laws. So it's just really crazy, really packed all of the time. Um, So it just makes for a lot of busyness and and a lot of fun. I work for an organization called Youth World and Youth World has many different branches and I had the opportunity to work for two of those branches since I've been there. Um, one of them is KetoQuest and that's what I did this summer. During Keto Quest, I heard about the different branches that they have, um, one of them is Um, Casa Adalia, which is a home for women who have been in sex trafficking and rescued from that. Um, And they teach the women how to make jewelry and they care for their children or teach them how to better care for their children. Um, And then there's La Roca, which is uh, a ministry that is for young men who love to skateboard. Um, And through that, they get to provide a safe place for these young men that a place where there's no drinking or drugs, um, but a place where they get to build relationships and hear the gospel. And in each of the organizations I heard about, there was so much passion behind what people did. And it was just one of the coolest things to know that I was a part of that. Um, and it really ignited a, a passion in me to give, give it my all. Um, and Keto Quest introduced me to the culture of, of Ecuador and the people and the language um, and just made me fall in love with it. So we did different things this summer in KetoQuest. KetoQuest is a uh, ministry that will receive teams from the U.S., and then they'll partner them with local churches and ministry sites. Um, So this is a picture of us, uh, a few of us, watching the others play Pato Pato Gonzo, which is Duck, Duck, Goose. Um, And these two kids would not leave my side. Um, Whatever I was doing, they wanted to be there. And it was just so much fun to to be with the kids, and to see their smiles, and to play games, or just sit with them. Um, so we did things from VBS and playing with the kids to building churches. Um, it just varied depending on whatever that community needed. We, we met the church, we built a relationship with them, and then we asked, what are your resources and what are your needs, and we're going to come alongside of you, because you, we know that you guys can do this, but we want to partner with you in it. Um, Yeah, so one of the fun things we got to do was bring a giant trash bag tarp thing and put soap and water on it, and all the kids from the community came running over and kept sliding down and would run back up and slide back down again and would drag us along with them, but it was so much fun. Um, And then we, in other teams, we would um, go to people's houses, we'd break up our team of 30 people, and into five and six and we would go to individual houses and whatever their need was, we would, we would fill it. Um, this is Olga and Olga is pretty much completely blind. One of her eyes is completely closed and the other she can see just a little bit out of. She lives in a house the size of one of our rooms. Um, And we walked in and it was just cluttered and dirty and had her own poop on the ground. And so she allowed us to come in and clean that up and make things more accessible for her um, because she could get around and she learned how to get around. So we just made the clothes, the food easier for her to get to. Um, And Olga told us as we were um, just building relationship with her, she told us that she loves talking to people and she loves Jesus. And so she talked to us a lot about Jesus, which was music to our ears. Um, and then we have little munchkins like this that love to be around you no matter what. So even if we're not doing VBS, the kids in the communities they love to help out. Um, and we saw a lot of kids about this age that would carry these big boulders um, to help build a church, and then they would drop it where they needed it, and then they would go hike or run, run down the hill and then go get another one and come back up. Um, They're super strong, but they were also just, just a joy to be around. Um, and like I said, one of the biggest things about um, ministry, about missions, is, is the relationships behind it. Um, it was told to me going into this that you don't invite a stranger in your house and ask them to paint your walls. You first establish that relationship, and then later the painting will come, the help will come. And so our organization builds that relationship year-round, and then we bring teams in to help uh, meet those needs. But only with those community members to make sure that they're doing their part as well because it's their community and we want them to value it just as much as we do, if not more, hopefully. Um, yeah, so that's what I did this summer. And like I said, that was just such a really cool way for me to get to know uh, the culture of Ecuador, learn their, their language, even just the way they serve the Lord in different ways. And so now I am working for another branch of Youth Worlds called Living and Learning. Um, and I am a resident coordinator. For those of you who don't know what that is, if you've been to a college dorm or have a kid in college, um, they have RAs and RAs live in the dorms with the students and they're kind of there if the students have questions, if they're going through something, if something's difficult or if they just wanna share about life um, and that RA is a mentor to them. Um, our organization is a study abroad program and we're a Christian organization. So you don't have to be a believer um, to be in the program, but you have to know that you're gonna abide by certain um, expectations and you're gonna hear a lot about Jesus. Um, and as an RC, um, being in this Christian organization, it's more of discipleship than even, met- even mentorship. So um, we get a group of 30 students um, each semester and these are our lovely students this last semester, um, and we have about ten staff. The guys go with the guy RC, and then there are three girl RCs. I'm one of them, and I get about seven girls. So this past semester, I got seven girls in my house. and there they are. Um, they are a joy to me and There were seven strangers walking into the house and we had to learn how to make it at home, especially in a different country that's a little bit difficult, but we did it. And they are some of my favorite people in the world now. Um, We have things called one-on-ones, which is where I take them out uh, to coffee, to the park on a walk whatever it is whatever they want to do however they feel they can best ex- express themselves and what's going on in their mind in their heart the questions they have the doubts they have whatever it is but they get to share that with me each week and i get to learn who these girls are um, i get to just hear about their lives their struggles um, i get to, to point out patterns in their life um, i get to point them back to jesus which is the coolest thing about about that so those are my girls um, this is a really cute little apartment. Um, yes, it's, it's adorable. It, this is the living room, and this is where a lot of the community bonding would happen, um, whether that was movie nights, whether that was um, just hanging out and talking, or in that picture right there, they are, I'm sure, pretending to do their homework, but probably sharing stories of how... Funny something was that day Um, but something really cool about my house is they love to be together so at the end of the day they would just come home and they would sit side by side and work together I have never seen so many dedicated students before Um, I was probably the distraction in the house because I didn't have homework so I would ask them to hang out with me and sometimes it worked um, another really cool part about my job is that I get to travel with the students, so about every, almost every weekend of the semester, we want the students to experience Ecuador, its culture in a new way. Um, so we have different events planned in the RCs, plan that we do the finances, the logistics, make sure everything's running smoothly. Um, And we do things like going to the jungle and working again along different ministry sites or churches. This one right here, we were uh, digging a trench uh, behind a school, and it was pouring rain, and we were digging as water was filling, and it was a mess, but it was so much fun because of the attitudes of our students. Um, Just incredible how that works. And then we have more fun things like zip lining. Um, maybe for them, I'm terrified of heights, but I conquered my fears and went zip lining, um, and that's through the cloud forest of Ecuador. And so you get to see it from just a completely different view. And then we hiked a, an active volcano, and that's Pichincha right there. Um, And there's multiple, I I think that's about a 10-minute drive from our house. So it's very close. um, And it took us about seven hours to conquer that mountain. But we made sure that we um, were going to do it together. So if we had to wait for people, that's what we did. And then we finally made it to the top. There was lots of tears and um, more so from pain than joy. But they made it. And then uh, we made our way back down and enjoyed pizza. So... Uh, (laughs) And then there are days like this where the students are just done. They have had a lot of fun, but they are tired. They miss their family. They miss familiarity. They miss driving. They miss Starbucks. It's funny the little things you miss when you're in a different country. Um, There's a lot of culture stress and a lot of culture shock. But just getting to talk to the, the girls through that as well. Um, and going through that myself this summer, missing my family, missing being here at church in a language that I understood, um, there's a lot to miss and there's a lot of unfamiliar things there, but I got to be their cheerleader, I got to encourage them um, in the Lord and in those moments of feeling so drained and empty, I mean, those are the moments that we tend to turn to the Lord and... and. Uh, and see the ways that He's working in our lives. So those those were hard moments, but um, they were often met with a lot of joy. So, and then the biggest thing that I think that I I learned through just this this time so far is the beauty in the body of Christ. Um, It has been absolutely incredible to see the hands and the feet of Jesus just work in the lives of our students, get to be a part of that myself, and just understand God's calling a little bit more deeply. Um, This is a picture of one of our students who decided to get baptized. Um, His story is that he um, had shared a lot of his life, a lot of his struggles with other people, um, with people he felt he could trust, and they shamed him and they pushed him away. Um, and so he felt like he needed to hide himself, and he couldn't share who he really, um, what he was really going through without, without being shamed and, and loved. Um, but he said that through this community, he found that he had a body of believers that would encourage him um, to continue to seek the Lord and continue to change and transform. And so he's like, I'm going to make a public declaration, and um, that was it. And we got to witness that after watching him just um, change and grow throughout the the semester. Um, one of the coolest things about my job and the reason why it is absolutely a dream job for me is because it's discipleship and I get to walk with people in their high highs and their low lows and um, I'm called to step forward when it feels so easy to run away. I think when things become unfamiliar or um, uncertain or something we haven't dealt with, it can be so easy to, to say, I don't have the right words and I don't know what to do so I'm just gonna run or, or somebody else can fix that or you're, you're to this or you're too that. but the Lord has just showed me more of his love, how deeply he loves each and every one of us and just, and the the lengths that he goes to for us. And so the call to do the same for other people and and not to run when things get hard. So I feel so honored that I've been invited into the lives of these women um, where they shared their doubts and their fears and their struggles and their joys and their victories and their desires and passions in life. Um, I got to be a part of it all. And that was just really cool. Um, but also in my own life. They were, they were there for me and really early on. Uh, about a month into the semester, we found out that my, my dad had a massive tumor in his abdomen that doctors said were can- was cancerous. Um, and I had just been through this with my mom about, well, that, that year right before and she was in remission for about two months before we found out the news about my dad. So I'm in a different country and away from him and just devastated. Um, and they don't know me very well at that point, it's only a month in, um, but they, they rallied around me and they loved me so well. And I just remember thinking during that time of pain, Lord, where are you? Like, this, this just doesn't make any sense. Um, I know that you love me, and then I know that my dad has this tumor, but those don't seem to go hand in hand. Um, And where are you? And I felt like God put on my heart, I was with you when Katie was crying with you. I was with you when Kendra was sitting with you and asking you questions. I was with you when your girls bought you 104 roses to put a smile on your face because they knew you were having a hard time. Jesus was in it all. And that was just such a beautiful picture. Um, and these girls, they, they were with me when I was at my worst, when I was crying, when I needed prayer, and they were with me to laugh in the day-to-day. Um, but man, just to learn so much more about the body of Christ through these, these seven faces um, has been absol- an absolute joy. And then getting to do that for them too. Um, so just knowing that it's, not a one-way street that we, there's two sides to it. Um, Yeah. So now when I look at this picture, when I look at their faces, it's just, it brings a smile to my face because this is what I love to do. And um, I'm so grateful that God is giving me the opportunity to, to serve in Ecuador of all places. But to to get to know people deeply in a different country um, and help them walk through the highs and lows of life and so this next Wednesday or this upcoming Wednesday in a couple of days I'm going to be returning to that mission um, and with a new group of students so I'm going to have to learn them all over again but the coolest part is that God knows them and he loves them and he's teaching me to do the same so
1: thank you. So we're gonna open up um, for questions right now. And afterwards, also Christina has brought um, some tea, Ecuadorian tea and some Ecuadorian chocolate for you guys to have and try out there. And uh, if you are, we would completely appreciate you joining with us in, in prayer for her as she returns. And also um, financially, if, you're feel, if you feel led to, um, to give financially as well. And so we can help you out with that. In the back, but for right now, um, if you have any questions, feel free to ask.
0: Um, they anything from biology to English to Spanish classes, so everyone takes a Spanish class, and they just have um, just general ed that they need to fill there that we have available classes for. Oh, college, college age. Yeah, so multiple, It's right now it's um, private universities. So again, all Christian schools come and then we partner with them and we see what their needs are and then we provide the classes that they need. Um, but Spanish is an absolute that everybody will take. Um, I, I yeah. Yeah, they're there for one semester, so for about three and a half months. Um, so as an RC, you get a year um, in the program, working for the program, and you get two, two sets of students while you're there. So I had my first set, and I had to say goodbye, and then I'll receive um, the next set of students coming in.
1: Um, so, for me, it started, I went on a short-term mission last year to Ecuador um, through E3, and I, uh, I completely fell in love with the people, and I made a bunch of friends uh, with my translators and with the missionaries over there, and I just knew that I wanted to return. So, on this time, um, I didn't ask any of you for financial support, because I, I just did it myself, and I found a way to do it cheaper um, pretty much my entire trip for two months cost the same as the short-term one-week mission trip because I was able to, like, book my own flights and stay with, with locals and stuff. And so um, I just called them up, and I was like, hey, do you need, have any needs? And they filled my entire schedule and said, don't leave. So it's <laughs> there's a lot, of, a lot of need and a lot of um, desire to host more people who would want to go out there as well. Um, and they told me that. They're like, please. Invite your friends, like we would love to have them. So.
0: Yeah, for me, I worked at Hume Lake Christian Camps in um, summer 2016, and they had something called Missions Chapel where every summer they would promote a different um, area of need or place in need. And that summer was Ecuador, and so I got to hear about Ecuador and the different needs in Ecuador, and um, it was just so amazing to me. So it sparked an interest, and I made one of Uh, a friend that summer who was from Ecuador and she was telling me all about it. And I had told her about my desire to work with college age women. And she said, I have a job that would be perfect um, for what you're telling me, what your desires are. Um, I think you would love the RC position. So I applied to that job. um, And then in the midst of that, somebody reached out to me and asked me to work KetoQuest. and through that, all have just developed a desire to get to know uh, a different culture um, and, and serve God in a place that, that isn't comfortable. So, yeah, that's where that, that came from for me.
1: Um, so, we, we had a, a, an open clinic, so anybody could show up with any sort of ailment. Um, there were, it ranged from, like, the common cold to people who um, potentially needed surgeries and chemotherapy, but we weren't able to provide those things. Um, so we would, we gave out a lot of medicines, uh, chronic care medicines, and things like that, and also just did general checkups. And a, a big thing is that the water there isn't good, and so it, everybody had parasites. It was crazy. Um, we ran out of parasite medicine multiple times and just kept buying more Um, so things like that Um, and then I I failed to mention it but any any time that someone saw um, saw us for medical um, there was a group of five or six missionaries from the Americas um, from the Americas from North America um, (laughs) who would then share the gospel with them and then any person that made a profession of faith, we got their names, and the pastors would then follow up with them. And so we made sure that at every point of the way, um, we were sharing the gospel, and that someone was following up with them and discipling them afterwards. Okay. Um, so there, I know it's a blast from the pastor. could you share about the girl who had the ear problem from the last trip, last year? Okay. So there's a lot of um, really cool things that happen on short-term missions trips. Um, and, like, there are innumerable stories of how, like, someone will come in and um, and will be able to make a big difference in their life. We also give out uh, uh, glasses, and so people who aren't able to see, like, will then be able to see so that they can finish, complete, uh, or continue with their um, professions, and they can sew, and there's a lot of seamstresses there, it's a big profession. And then there was one girl who came in, and um, she was having difficulty hearing, and hadn't been, she wasn't responding to her grandparents, and they were confused, and they brought her to multiple clinics in Ecuador, um, and no one was able to figure out what was wrong with her, and we did a simple ear lavage on this girl, and um, afterwards, she said that she was able to hear, and it was just like night and day, and she was responding when they'd call her, Um, and so little things like that that you just don't expect, uh, it's such a simple thing for us, but but it's a, it's a big thing over there, I guess. For um, both you girls, how many missions trips have you I've guys done? I've been there twice now, and my trip last time was just one week. It was a short term, and then this one was two months. Um, but for Christina, she's, she's doing one long one for an entire year. Go ahead and elaborate if you'd like.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think I understand the question. Are you asking before this, before Ecuador? Oh, okay. Got it. <laughs> um, I've done a few missions trips. I did a, a discipleship program right after high school, and we went on monthly missions trips. Um, but really, other than that, haven't had much experience at all, and I've never, ever, ever lived in another country. So it's just completely different than anything I've experienced. Yeah, so um, I don't think I clarified that well, but I, I have been there for seven months and I'll go back for another five months. So, mm mm-hmm.
1: That'll that'll be different from both of our experiences, Um, but from mine, I I went to a lot of really small churches and some home churches, and I noticed that there's a, it might have just been because I was there and it was an inspiration, um, but there was such a passion for missions as well, and it was like missions within missions. Like, I was going there to encourage them, but then at the same time, they were like, we want to go somewhere where people are more impoverished, and it was, I, I watched a um, presentation similar to this one in the local church that I was serving at where they were like, I, can you believe it? Like they, their food costs this much and they're starving. And I was like, I could say the same thing about you guys. Like I hear this all the time, you know, in, in the States, like I could be like, oh, like you could buy a full meal for $3 there. Like, and like people are having difficulty with that. And then they're, they're going to Cuba, the church that I'm working with, um, And so they're really excited about their missions trip to Cuba. So it's like the same, it's just, it's just different. Like we, it's so much per, it's perspective changing for sure.
0: Yeah, I think one of the biggest things I saw this summer was just how, um, how differently they received people and and the value they placed on that. Um, Just so much, they are really relational based culture in general. Um, but the church is even more so. And I remember we showed up with a team um, during the summer, and the pastor wasn't able to be there the first day. Um, And the reason was because he was helping one of the community, one of the church members, bury his son um, that had just passed away. And then he came back that same same day after burying his son and, and apologized to us and um, received us with so much joy and said you know this is this is so meaningful for us and made us feel um, just so welcomed after having gone through something so so horrific or so difficult Um, and the family of the son did the same for us as well they were so quick to receive us after after having gone through that so yeah i would just say the relational side of it um, and how much value they they place on that was a, a big difference. yeah, that's a good question. Um, I do I do have that uh, the staff and the RCs have been that. Um, and they are people that encourage me, especially the permanent staff. They're the ones that um, that know that have seen this multiple times, and so they know how to encourage us and and how to help us and support us in in the ways that we need. Um, and then the RCs and I are all really close, um, and they they all love the Lord. and so that's always an encouragement. They're there for prayer. Um, Like when I was going through things, uh, when my dad was going through everything, they immediately just called the team meeting and they all prayed for me and said, no matter what you need, we're here and we will do our best to provide that. So uh, yeah, I do get a lot of that. And um, chapels, we have that once a week. And all the staff and the students are required to go to that. So we don't necessarily require the students to to go to church. We encourage it. um, But it is in a different language, and so that's hard for them. Um, But as staff, we do our best to be an example for them and do that.
1: question.
0: I think the word would be awe. I'm just in so much awe of the Lord and, and the work he's allowing me to be a part of, but the work that he's already doing. Um, and I don't know why. It feels like a silly thought right now, now that I know, but I did have this idea of, um, oh, I'm bringing Jesus to them. Like, I, I know the gospel, and so I'm going to share it, and that will, like, then Jesus will work. But that's not the case at all. Jesus has been working there far before I was there, far before I was born, um, and He loves those people dearly. So, um, just being humbled and in so much awe of of realizing my thoughts and my ideas. Um, are a little skewed at times, but he's doing a good job to, to adjust those to his.
1: Okay. <laughs> I was trying to avoid it. I was like, next question. Okay. No, um, the, the word that just keeps coming to my head is familiar for some reason. And, um, for for me, the first time I went to Ecuador, I just felt completely at home. Um, and it it felt like there there's a lot of the distraction like slopped off from home like it, it's it's less electronics less like busyness it, the the pace is slower um and like yeah like it's we don't have the same comforts and the same insulation there as we do here um in the areas that i was staying but it didn't matter and it was it was familiar and it was comforting and going into these um, these churches, they just invite you in like you're their own and you just become family so quickly over there. And I, I feel like that that's a little bit different from my experience of going to different churches in the States. Yeah, but you had a question? Main religion, that would be Catholicism. Yeah, it's highly, highly Catholic country. Um, it, it's because the people from Spain uh, initially settled and um, they, they had missions and they, yeah. Yeah, um, it's about 88%
0: Catholic, but Catholic um, Catholicism there is a little bit different than what we're used to. Um, a lot of them have a relationship with Jesus and they don't, um, they can do that on their own. Um, and so um, they say that it's a lot like what we know as Christianity.
1: I, know. I had a different experience than that, but I, I was in smaller communities where, like, the, the little old ladies, like, all wore the same thing because it was kind of required by, by the um, Catholic Church and, and everyone, like, it was, it was a lot of conformity, lots of rosaries, lots of um, repeating the same prayers and, and stuff, um, and listening to the Pope, and, like, um, they, they have the Pope on, like, every TV, everywhere you go, And uh, in the churches, oftentimes, they won't have their own Bible, or they'll have the Bible in Italian. Um, Italian? What? Anyways, the original, whatever it's called. Latin? Latin? Where's my brain? Anyways, in Latin. They'll have it in Italian for no reason. Um, they have it in Latin. And so uh, in these small, um, small areas where I went, like I'm talking about up in the Andes Mountains and stuff, um, so these, it's going to be different than in the main cities. In the cities, I'm, they have lots of churches in the cities, but there's only, like, these huge Catholic areas, um, huge Catholic churches in, in the smaller towns.
0: Um <laughs> I'm in the middle of figuring that out right now. Um, I have talked to them about staying um, longer if that's a possibility because I feel like I'm just now scratching the surface of the culture and the area and um, would love to continue to get to know it and and serve there. But at the same time, um, as I've been there, as I've been with the girls, God has provided so much grace and so many words and questions and and things that are needed. But it, but in it, I've, I've come to realize too that um, there are areas that I'm not as well equipped in. Um, and so I have also been looking at a program at Biola um, to better equip me for ministry like this. Um, and then I can see returning there one day. So
1: I guess we'll see. And then for me, um, I already have my plane ticket for May. <laughs> Um, so, I'm going back, uh, and I'm hoping to, to visit um, the little town where I was serving, and then um, possibly join up for some more short-term mission trips with E3, um, but on this one, I'm, my focus is going to be more um, traveling, and uh, but hopefully I can link up with E3. Oh, this
2: one's probably better. <laughs> Thank you ladies. Let's give them a round of applause. If you have any additional questions for them, they're going to be out in the foyer, and you can stop and visit with them and ask them any questions that you might have. I think there's some chocolates out there and some tea, right? So stop by and grab some chocolates or some tea. And um, just thinking, you know, why why is it important that we do something like this, have a night where we have two young ladies that have been on the mission field come and, and tell us what they've been doing? And this is the Bible way. Um, they're an extension of this body of believers. Their fingers and their hands and their—they um, may not be functioning here in our community, but they're functioning in the world, um, representing Grace Bible Church of Hollister. And sometimes it's—it's it's hard to realize and understand that that's what they're doing. And they, they may not say that, but they are in Ecuador in the name of Grace Bible Church of Hollister. And. And we are the Church of Christ that has sent them out to do that. And so it's so important that we hear what they're doing. And we get excited about that. And these young girls, they need encouragement. They need us to be excited with them about what they're doing. And then in addition to that, they need our help. And so I know right now, uh, Christina is planning on going back. Um, The last report that she gave me was she needs $2,300 dollars to finish paying off the remainder of her trip and so that's where we get to come in and I know that she's gotten support from a lot of different places but we're going to throw that out to you tonight uh, as an opportunity for you to minister to her so $2,300 is the goal and uh, you can write the checkout to the church and just put a little note with it that it's for Christina's missions trip and Michael is in the back there you guys can see the, him Michael raise your hand and uh, if you don't know who Michael is, and uh, just give him that check, and we'll make sure that Christina gets, that, gets those funds to go towards her missions trip. And she doesn't need it tonight. It can be something that you can give to him at any point in time in the near future, and it will go directly towards her missions trip. But um, we can support them financially, and then, and then we can pray for those, these two young ladies and uh, pray that God uses them where they're at and um, does great things through them, and then we can pray for each other that God gives us also a passion perhaps to be um, either on the mission field there, I don't know what direction to point, but um, or on the mission field here. So thank you so much for coming tonight, I hope it was a blessing to you. I encourage you to make it a point each month to set aside that first Sunday night, Uh, I think you're going to be blessed by it, and uh, just an opportunity to come together as a church, in addition to the Sunday morning service and, and uh, get to know each other and uh, to grow in the Lord together. That's what it's all about, amen, and discipling each other. So bow your heads with me. Let's close in prayer, and we'll be dismissed. Thank you so much, Lord. Um, we do stand in awe of you, and it is such an amazing opportunity and privilege for these two young ladies to go over to Ecuador and to represent you, to represent Grace Bible Church. Um, to preach and to teach the gospel, to show the gospel to the people who are there. And it's a privilege for us as a church to be a part of that and, and to be a part of your ministry and your message here in Hollister. And I just pray that you would work in each one of our hearts and lives tonight. Give us a passion, um, a, a passion for you. And Lord, may that passion for you spread through us to the community around us and then to the world around us. Lord, we. We need a revival, and um, a revival of, of awe, as was mentioned, of seeing you for who you are and um, worshiping you as you are worthy of. We pray that you would bless this evening, that you would bless the fundraising that Christina still needs to do, that you'll supply that need and uh, confirm your calling through that. We pray that you would bless uh, all the events of this week. Lord, may you be the center of them all. In Christ's name.